Me again. You thought you'd lost me last time, but now I'm still here. In your ear, though. But what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Fascinating. Get away from her, you bitch! I'm Batman. No. Oh, do not. There is no tomorrow. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Nervous Podcast. With us today, we have... Ian McLaughlin. Peter Johnson. Andy Chandler. And I'm John Farthing. We've got some Buffalo Blus for you and also a very special quiz from Ian, so let's get started. What we've been watching this week? We've had a couple of weeks where we've not reviewed anything. Uh, traitors. Everyone's watching that. <laughs> I watched half an episode and threw the telly out the window. I wonder what that was. It's the only <laughs> way to be sure. Yeah. yeah. Traitors is very popular with some people, uh, some people who are not me. It's not my kind of thing. Some people who are married to you. Yes, some, some of those people that are married to me have watched all of Traitors and all of Traitors US. Almost 100% of the people married to you. I'm really tired of these, quote, personality-led reality shows, you know, and they farm in members of the public who think they're interesting. They've got personalities and charisma, and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Shove them in a castle with each other and watch them fight. And watch you fight in a castle. What? Just you, like... <laughs> fighting myself. Fighting yourself, yeah. It's sort of done like with camera effects and everything. Yeah. So there's 22 Ians, three of them are traitors. <laughs> the other 19 somehow don't know. Story of my life. <laughs> um, what else have we been watching? We finally got round to finishing Andor. Would you like to guess what I thought? Ooh, I think you liked it. I think you liked it more than you would expect to, given what it was, but still hated it. Hazel liked it. Right. <laughs> I, I like stuff about it. I also dislike stuff about it. But I will say that if they wanted to make season two better, the best thing they could do is drop the title character because he's shite. Mm, Not yeah. the actor. The actor's good, but he just, there's nothing about the character. He's also a fucking murderer. Yeah, I mean, that is the point, though, isn't it? Didn't feel like it. Well, you've seen the first part of a redemption arc. But I'm pleased you like some bits. Is it the best new Star Wars? Oh, it's just one big grey glob of meh. <laughs> I finally watched everything everywhere all at once as well I had a big catch up over Christmas mm-hmm. of many of the films that I haven't seen during the year and that was my favourite film though I think of the year alright good because mm. I know sometimes if the thing's built up a lot it mm. actually makes you react against it so I'm pleased it didn't work yeah. that way for you I think Banshees was possibly built up a little too much I really enjoyed it but everyone's saying it's like the best thing ever whereas well, really just Two people very, very sulking and falling out. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually really good. And, uh, oh, I went to the cinema for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. And see, we went to see Avatar The Way of Water. Oh, I forgot oh, about that. Yeah. One piss. That's all. I had only had one piss break in three and a half hours. Very good. Had there been less splashiness, I might that, have got that, through that, it. That piss break lasted two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I went with Dan, who had already seen it. So I kind of looked across, the room, okay, but, you know, is, it, is anything exciting going to happen in the next two minutes? So can I go, go over a wee? So did you actually ask Dad, when's the dull bit? Did he just point at the screen? There's a bit between the, <laughs> there's a bit between the credits and the end credits. That um, looked amazing, but God, it's long. The plot is just so repetitive. You don't need five scenes of them learning to tame a whale when one scene will do. I went to see uh, Matilda, the musical, mm-hmm. the film. That was shit. Did you not like the songs? The music was unbelievably forgettable, I thought. There's one tune that you vaguely remember, only because you've heard it a thousand times. The young girl that plays Matilda is fantastic, really Mm -hmm. good. Everything else about it is pretty forgettable. 
I mean, there's nice choreography and stuff. I thought that was terrible as well. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's like, looks like they're having an epileptic fit. <laughs> That's uh, Emma Thompson, perhaps you'd like to have a go at her as well. Oh, I'd love to have a go at Emma Thompson. <laughs> oh. Not in that outfit. But she's not, she's not good in that film. No, I thought she was good, actually. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just forgettable. It's like most of these um, films that are made into musicals, musicals that are made into films, end up being a bit meh. Musicals that are made into films that are made into musicals that are made into yeah, it films. Gets, gets very confusing. Book film, musical, musical film. I think we've been told, isn't it? Okay, so a new game. You've got to do the pattern of that and you've got to work out which movie I'm talking about. Oh, great. <laughs> movie, stage, musical, film, musical. Hesper. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. How did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stage musical, movie musical, remake of a movie musical. Little Shop of when, Horrors. Yes. <laughs> How did I do that? Or <laughs> oh, West Side Story. What did you start out with there? What was the first bit of that? Uh, stage musical. Was the first one? Oh, actually, no. no you're you're it's right. Based aren't on a B you? Yes. Movie. Okay. Yeah. movie. Yes, B movie. With, with then Jack Nicholson. Musical. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's B movie, then musical, musical then film, film, and then remake of. And, yes, and remake yeah. of. Yeah. Did it count as a remake if it's another adaptation of this same material? Uh, that is what a remake is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one then. Okay, um, book, stage play, stage musical. Film musical. Passion of the Christ. Schindler's List. Mm. Nope. The Magic Roundabout. Nope. So what was it again? So we've got the... So it's um, 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 book. Yeah. Stage play. Stage musical. Film musical. Cabaret. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Christopher Isherwood. I Am a Camera, which was then turned into a play, which is Goodbye to Berlin, which mm. was then turned into a musical, which is Cabaret, and then the film. I did not know there was a non-musical Cabaret. Mm. Defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Sally, yeah. Sally Bowles is English. Oh. Oh, versions I think we've from... both invented a new game and exhausted all the possibilities <laughs> of that one. Movie. <laughs> Stage musical. Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bodyguard. The Lion King. Okay. Aladdin. <laughs> many, many. There's so many. Try doing a Christmas Carol. <laughs> Come on for like about 50. <laughs> you have to get them all in the right order. <laughs> Poems. <laughs> Stage musical. Oh, hell. Film musical. Cats. Yeah. Kind of explains the lack of plot. Mm-hmm. Did they have bum holes in the poems? What? Did they have bum holes in the poems? <laughs> in the poems? What, did the, the cats have bum holes? Yeah. Uh, it's not explicitly said, but I... I would have thought if the cat didn't have a bum hole, that would have been worthy of a mention. Yeah. Also, how would they survive? Just, if the cats just randomly pop. Beat your cat too much, it will pop. <laughs> Popcat, the indisputable mm-hmm. Popcat. <laughs> One new development, I think, in the last week or so is Kaleidoscope. Has anyone heard of that? Yes. Yeah. Which is a weird thing on, on Netflix. Bandersnatch was a very interactive thing where you'd actually make decisions on behalf of the people in the show. In this case, it's more that I think it's eight episodes, and the first seven episodes can be shown in any order, and it just decides at random what order it's going to show you those seven episodes. The idea is you're seeing different aspects of the run-up to the big event in the sort of mm-hmm. final show. It's an interesting idea, but it'll stand on fall on how well written it is and whether the show itself is good. I don't think the gimmick itself would sell it. Yeah, because also the fact you just watch them out of order, but they're all just separate elements that lead up to the final thing doesn't really sell it to me. It's like, mm-hmm. if I can choose, I want to choose which way I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And there's an, at the end of the episode, I can go, oh, that character over there, I'd like to follow their story. Ah, well, mm-hmm. you could do that because you can see some degree of the proceed yeah. and where you want to go to next. You can choose your own adventure, even though it's written for yeah, you. Yeah, you don't have to watch it in the order they've mm-hmm. done it. It sounds like it could get a little bit tedious. 
kind yeah. of effectively repeating the same thing. It depends kind whether it's good or not. Well, yeah, this is true. I've heard it's a bit weird because characters are just being repeatedly reintroduced because, you know, you don't know whether you've met that character before uh-huh. or not. The Rashomon, isn't it? The concept. Rashomon's one story seen from all different mm-hmm. angles. Mm-hmm. But to say in Glass Onion, which we watched recently, um, I mean, that was quite fun. The second half seeing the same stuff from a different angle. Yep. I like that aspect But of that it. was very intricately yes. plotted, whereas this... Because it knew what order you yeah. see everything And that is in. the second worst film ever made. <laughs> oh, God. The first one being Knives Out. Hey, Have you actually watched Glass Onion? Yes, it was shit. <laughs> it's absolutely... It's awful. It's, it's murder mystery at its worst. It's telegraphed. It's pompous. It's over camp. It just doesn't... There's no threat. The main character, the, the weird... What's it called? Um, um, Daniel Craig's... Very dubious southern Bostonian accent, is it? Just makes me want to pull my own eyes out and <laughs> force them down the internet. <sighs> uh, but Sorry, you yeah. absolutely hated Knives Out, didn't uh, you? Yeah, I think mm. that was appalling. It's worse yeah. than Glass Onion. At least Glass Onion's got a, a bigger budget and some nicer looking people in it. I hated Knives Out as well, and uh, on this basis didn't watch Glass Onion. I'm glad I'm not the only yeah. one. I was forced to watch Glass Onion. Oh <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you get in return? Nothing. Oh, no. Absolutely nothing. I thought I might get something. You know, yeah. John, you've seen it, haven't you? I loved it. I really, really liked it. I um, enjoyed it much more than Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Hazel liked it, but not as much as uh, Knives Out. Mm. So there's a, a lot of uh, discrepancy in opinion here. And only Ian and I are right. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. I, I would quite happily watch a Benoit Blanc film every two or three years. You know, they mm. can keep churning them out mm-hmm. with that level of quality and fun stuff. And again, it's a, it's a nice... Is there, a, is there a troll in this film? There is. No, there isn't. Not in Glass Onion, is there? There's, there's not an a troll. internet troll. There's an internet troll. In, yeah, but it's not, there's not an actual monster, is there? No. No, no. So someone, someone gets killed. Everyone goes, oh, someone's been killed. And he goes, oh, did you do it? And they go, no, I didn't. Where were you? What's the story? Oh, let's look. And see Have you actually watched this film? Look, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh, it's you. Oh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh, right, it is. Oh, end of film. Did, yeah, I think you forgot the bit with um, inane pop culture references and cameos. Oh, yes, those, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pointless cameos. Stephen Sondheim. Just. <laughs> Are you going to... Uh... Talking of Sondheim, something you want to watch. If you're into your musicals, watch uh, 2016's stage production of Gypsy, starring Imelda Staunton. It's one of the most incredible performances I've ever seen anyone in any musical ever. I suggest you watch it immediately. If you don't know the movie, it's um, based around a book. The memoirs of Gypsy Rose Lee, who was the world's first sort of famous stripper, started off as a, a, a vaudeville, or, um, not vaudeville, what they call it, um, burlesque, yeah. burlesque act, and she became super famous and would entertain kings and queens. And it's a story uh, based on her memoirs how, about her and her overbearing stage mother tries to force her to become famous. And it's all about that effect that the mother has on you throughout your life. And I highly recommend it. Sondheim does the lyrics to it. I highly suggest you watch it. Mm. Mm. I've seen the 60s movie yeah, the 60s movie which still stands up and still good but this mm. Imelda Staunton in this is I mean if you don't know Imelda Staunton as a stage actress uh, or a singer yeah. my assumed, god she I assume she's sing. the mother yeah she plays, she plays <laughs> the mother and she is incredible the strippers in it yes John the strippers in it you get to see any any of the good stuff no it, this is set in sort of the 20s 30s so oh. A hint it's, of it, it's all a hint, it's hidden by feathers, yeah. But there's a little a little hint, a little hint, yeah. Hint, you get neck and, yeah. and knees. Oh, a bit of knee. Yeah, a bit of that. You've got to get a gimmick. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to get a gimmick. 
was it if you got a bump it do it with a trumpet yes it's one of the best lyrics ever <laughs> it sounds like they just improvised it on the yeah. spot doesn't it yeah it's great it's, it's yeah watch it please it's brilliant but we've watched um troll haven't we peter uh yes it was troll. great film. yeah um, have you guys seen Troll? No. No, but no. I might like it. It's on the I Netflix, am, isn't it? I am a troll. You are a troll. you know from my reply to your internet posts. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, so this is a, yes, it's a Netflix movie, Norwegian production, and as you would imagine, it features a troll. Oh, good. An ancient creature made of ice and stone is resurrected accidentally through various of mining projects that are disrupting the natural habitat. A troll is brought back to life and terrorises Norway. The essential uh, plot line, isn't it, Peter? Yes, but it, it's just the way it's done it. It's, it's really like a 90s action movie sort of approach to it. Yeah. Remind me most probably of the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Yeah, it's like that. Even to the extent of finding the huge big footprint. It's light and it's fun and it's very silly. It is definitely a sort of a, a drama comedy. What I really like is it also has, a, in places, it completely steals from Jurassic Park in yes. various moments. Certainly in the setup, it might, it might as well be Jurassic Park. I think it even does the sort of glass of water yeah, with the ripples. All, all to... those things. I think there's definitely mm. some homage. There's a lot of homage to, to classic sort of movies like that and, and, and kaiju movies as well. You know, it's like uh, what happens when a troll attacks Oslo. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, bumbling military. Maybe even Ghostbusters because you have the bit where the troll is coming through the town. Yeah, it's all... It's a bit like the yeah, uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow that stuff there, isn't there? Yeah. So you've got bumbling military, um, incompetent MPs, uh, reluctant paleontologist comedy sidekick who doesn't really have a job but is, seems to be there all the way through cracking gags and it's all in norwegian it's not really a comedy it's played fairly straight yeah. it's fun rather than mm-hmm. being a comedy so comedy i think might put you off if you think comedy monster no, it's not movie. deliberately trying to be funny but it is it, it's, it's it's just it's good it, it it's wears its harness sleeve it is quite silly uh, and the effects are really good actually uh, very uh, good indeed and 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 you feel quite sorry for the troll oh not a malevolent being it's just uh, confused really mm-hmm. uh, and it takes probably an hour before we see the troll yeah. as well which it's is there, quite but, you know but, so it takes a long mm-hmm. while so by then you've kind of bought into the idea these things exist yeah but then you you watch the, you look back at the film again and it's every time they're on the mountainside it's there just lying that it's very carefully camouflaged because it looks like a hill and if you look back a bit you go oh mm-hmm. yeah it's there in the background they've kept it in the background all the time but you don't realize at the time right. it's actually there in the shot very good hmm. yeah that does sound good. It is a fun, it's mm. a fun, fun movie. So our kaiju-loving friend, other Ian, I think he think enjoyed so. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely worth a, it's, a, it's an easily spent hour and a half. Yeah, a lot of fun on Netflix. Troll. Mm, I shall definitely check that out. Has, has people seen the article recently about why Netflix series get cancelled? Oh yeah, I saw that yeah, this morning. So 1899 is the newest one that the axe has fallen on. And it really annoys me. I now get to the point where I don't particularly get invested in Netflix stuff because I just assume it's going to get cancelled. There have been some fairly high profile mm-hmm. ones, but generally speaking, if a thing's good, it'll survive. So what the article was saying was that it's based on completion ratings. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Out of all the people who start to watch a show, what proportion actually watch all the episodes and stick through to the end? Mm-hmm. Based on the theory that if you know, you've only got a third of the audience watching the last episode... You've got a low starting base for the next series, presumably. Yeah. It seems odd to me, though, that you've now got this massive bunch of Netflix series that just stop and don't have a conclusion. And you would have thought that when something's just on TV and it's gone, it's gone. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. But now Netflix has this weird library of stuff that just stops and doesn't have a conclusion. And you would have thought there would be more value to letting them 
finish a story so then you've got to complete something that's on the service for years to come i've mm. long heard it said that netflix like the idea of being up to say look how many different titles we have mm -hmm. and it's less about the actual quality of them very much so now which i think's weird because with the service if i know there are two or three things that i absolutely definitely want to watch that they mm -hmm. always show of a sort of caliber of i don't know game of thrones or breaking bad or something you wouldn't want to give up that service yeah. whereas if it has like 300 things i've never heard of i would actually value the three things i care about the antithesis of Netflix in this case then is probably Apple TV Plus because mm. they don't have that much stuff on there, mm -hmm. but generally what they do have is very good. But who has Apple TV Plus compared to who has Netflix? Mm -hmm. They're making the money and that's ultimately what it's all about to them. I think Apple TV Plus is just promo for Apple, isn't it? It keeps them in the news and it keeps them in the minds of people. My thing is, it's wonderful. I mean, there's so much content made now by major streamers. I mean, it's just... A ridiculous amount of of stuff to watch and see, but also creates loads and loads of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so much more work for actors. But my problem is, like, they never, never hire me for any job. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's 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 not it's not filtering down properly. How many somehow. streaming sh channels would we need before you get a gig? Oh, God, <laughs> like ninety seven at least. Let's write a letter of complaint. This might be misdirection. I think maybe Ian's got himself a, a choice role in the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he's just trying to throw us off the scent because he's yeah. contractually obliged. Uh, I, I, to. Yeah, I couldn't possibly say. I've NDAs and all that. You, know. you can mm -hmm. neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Not convincingly, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I don't get the jobs. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely right. <laughs> so it's time for some bus or bluffs, and who would like to go first? Peter, you're going first. <laughs> uh, apparently I am. Okay. So, yeah, my Buffalo Bluffs are about pop music on TV. Okay. Uh, when I was growing up, Top of the Pops was the music show. It ran from 1964 and for the next 42 years, clocking up over 2,000 episodes. It featured a weekly rundown of the songs that were moving up the charts, watch the show each week, and you'd know everything worth knowing about the chart music of the day. Top of the Pops didn't emphasise live music like the other shows and was happy for bands to mime. So much so that originally, before the song started, they'd show a female assistant putting a needle on the record. Mm. There are a few other notable early music shows. One of its predecessors was Six Five Special, a live music show which lasted a year or so from 1957. A young actor called Roger Moore came second in the auditions as its presenter. Producer Jack Good knew the girls would like him, but felt he was too stiff, and the job went to Pete Murray, a DJ from Radio Luxembourg. And for the third one, The Old Grow Whistle Test had a much more serious tone. It featured live performances in the studio from bands of the day, including Bowie, Elton John, Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac, The Specials, The Cure, hundreds more. It ran from 1971 to 2018, and my fact is that the show was originally commissioned by David Attenborough. Mm. Those are my three facts. So, uh, can we just go back again? Because there's yeah. a lot of very, sure. very interesting. So, uh, the fact about Top of the Pots was he actually showed someone putting the, the needle yes. on the record? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. And the fact about the 6 5 special going yeah. down the line. 6 5 special right on time. Was that Roger Moore was one of the finalists for presenter? Okay. And that was in 1957. Mm. He would have been 30 at the time. And the producer, was it, uh, or commissioned it, was David Attenborough for uh, the uh, Old Grey Whistle for Test? For the Old Whistle Test, yeah. When did that start? 1971. I mean, Attenborough has been doing his, his nature documentary thing for a good 250 years now. <laughs> yeah. But So did he ever dabble in production, does anyone Yeah, know? he was. 
Was he control of BBC Two for he a while? Was. He famously commissioned Monty Python. Mm. And it's really into his art and, and sort of Old Grey Wilson's test was much sort of kind of the arty side of things, almost like a, a mm. uh, what was that called? The South Bank Show. Yeah, a bit like that, but not. I know which one I'm going for, but I'm not going to tell you yet. With the Old Grey Whistle test, do you know where the name comes from? Yes, I do. The Brill Building in New York. So uh, Brill Building was famous in New York and came up with all the big hits of the 70s, sorry, 50s. So you had um, Neil Diamond, Carol King, Neil Sedaka. All these young writers wrote most of the big, massive hits of the 50s. And there was an elevator going up the Brill Building and there was an old man who was the elevator operator. And he would hear, as he was travelling people up and down, he would hear songs coming down from the corridors. Everyone's working at the same time, little booze, making songs up. And if you got in the elevator and you heard him whistling it, you knew it was going to be a hit. And they called it the Old Grey Whistle Test. Oh, I like that. True story. That makes me believe the David Attenborough connection then, mm. just just because I like it. Mm. The Top of the Pops thing, mm-hmm. I, I imagine they had um, different versions of forcing people to mime. I remember there was a famous uh, performance by Nirvana doing It Smells Like Teen mm-hmm. Spirit. And um, the backing track was um, pre-recorded and they weren't allowed to play their own instruments. Yes. But Kurt Cobain was expected to sing and he took the piss by singing it really, really low and... Yes, that's, yeah, that's a famous, I remember that. I mean, over the years, they've done it a couple of different ways. So generally, a lot of it was pre-recorded. But in, in that case, they had like the backing track and just the vocal was live. But later on, a lot more live music and bands actually playing mm. to sort of counteract music videos that everyone else had. And it was to try and give it something a bit more unique and different. Mm. Mm-hmm. It feels a little odd that they would explicitly show you dropping the needle and then have the band miming and you knowing they're miming. It's Definitely correct that the band's mimed a lot, but it was kind of a, you know, kind of a wrestling kind of thing almost, where you know it's fake, but they don't... What? Sorry. <laughs> and then uh, top, of the pop, top of the Pops has just been sold to Saudi Arabia for $500 million. <laughs> I don't think they ever showed the needle dropping. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I mean, I'm old enough to be dead now. And, uh, <laughs> but watching it from a very early age, I don't remember a needle dropping on a record. So I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure David Attenborough did commission Earl Grey Whistle Test. Mm-hmm. I could see that Roger Moore was a finalist for 6-5 Special. Yeah. And they can, had all kinds of actors then. I can see him being seen as too stiff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was about four years before he got the lead in The Saint. And about 14 years before he became James Bond. So he was 44 when he became James Bond. There's hope for me yet then, isn't there? No. <laughs> so, yeah. You, Andy, you're for going so for, many reasons. Uh, top of the Pops Needle. You're going for... Top of the Pops Needle. And so am I. All right. You're all wrong. Oh! <laughs> it is genuine that it actually did start like that. They, mm, they wow. did that in the first series or two. Wow. And also, David Attenborough did commission the Old Grey Whistle Test. Good man. So the one I made up is Roger Moore. Oh. But they did audition Sean Connery. Ah! Who came second. He was a bodybuilder at the time. Let's listen to the hitch of this week. See <laughs> a drunk Dutchman. <laughs> so yes. what I sometimes wonder is did Top of the Pops stop because music was getting bad or did music get bad because Top of the Pops stopped I think Top of the Pops stopped because people stopped popping Popping. <laughs> I think the way people consumed music changed a lot mm. I have heard rumours that it may return in some mm. form because we don't have that program anymore do we that regular kind of there's Jules Holland yeah yeah but that's not sort of hits of the week is it no sometimes I feel bad because I'm not keeping up with music in the way I used to and then I sit down and listen to the top 10 and I go oh god <laughs> yeah there's not a lot from 
old man's point of view. Um, uh, the with the top 10 now as well is it tends to be a lot more static. So you get something like Ed Sheeran there for 15, 16 weeks mm-hmm. at a time. And in about six or seven of the mm-hmm. chart positions with various people. Talking of old people, I, I did a gig just before Christmas. It was a Christmas party for the over 50s arts group in Gateshead. They mm-hmm. get together and they learn things like painting and all that kind of stuff. And they had a Christmas party and they got a DJ in who thought that their music would be like wartime virulin music when the, the, all their first bands were like the Rolling Stones wow. and the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's going, we'll all meet again. And all sitting there going, D- d- just because you're old doesn't mean we're all mm-hmm. in the war. Yeah. I mean, if it's over 50s, I'm seven years away from that. And I grew up with Nirvana and Suede. And, we'll yeah. all meet again. No, you won't. <laughs> we were wrong. Well done, Peter. That was a good bluff. Hey. Yeah. That's very good. Nice bluffing. I did have a bonus one, which I was going to use as a fact which is that one of the shorter-lived shows was 1961's Hot Ice and Cold Music, which <clears> took place for no apparent reason on an ice rink. Okay. Which Bluff. sounds like a complete lie, but <laughs> it's actually true. You know what you don't get anymore in music? Now, my parents used to have loads of... Do you remember albums where it was like hits of the day, but they were all cover versions, so they just got a session band in? Top, well, Top of the Pops Top of the Pops used to be the albums. biggest brand for that. In fact, I have... Mm-hmm. I have an original copy of the 1976 Top of the Pops album in my loft. The only reason I've kept it is because when I was a child, they always had like a hot woman on the cover wearing <laughs> hot pants. And, and as a young man, that was my only image available to me. Is there to, any uh, wank material to, you could no, get? I didn't, I, know, I wouldn't do that kind of thing. I used to, we used to have conversations. This is the 1970s equivalent of the lingerie section of the... Evan, um, Evan's catalogue. Evan's catalogue, catalog, yeah. yeah. Page 36 was always good. Ian, I was going to say you could get that on eBay and make a mint, but um, it's probably not in condition, is it? <laughs> it's, 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 it's mint. It's mint condition. I don't take the cellophane off. <laughs> Wipe clean condition. You can tell there's no women here this week. Can't you? <laughs> Evans is a cycle shop now. I just want to make it clear I'm, I'm not turned on by... <laughs> by bicycles. By bikes. You like a good ride. Yeah, yeah saddle up. <laughs> Ian, what's your round? Okay, well, I'm going to do a, a bit of a quiz, but it's also a bluff. There was a, a fad a while back for movie lovers uh, around the world on the internet to describe movies' plots in a short and terse manner. So I'm going to give you the 10 descriptions from people. One of them is mine. You need to tell me what movie it is by buzzing it in. And at the end, I'll ask you which one I made up. Excellent. Yeah. So like it, it. It's a quiz and a bluff at the same time. Okay, so yours is of a real film. but A real film, but I, you I, I contributed my version. Which one do you think, knowing me... The Ian McLaughlin. Which one do you think was me? Okay, so you got your buzzers ready? That's, uh, um, Peter, what's your buzz this week? Buzz. Boring, isn't it? <laughs> Andy, what's yours? Uh, oh, I like that one. So they've got a buzz and... Uh, do you want to watch yours? Ooh. It's a bit similar to that one. Give me something different. Uh, That's better. <laughs> okay, so you have, to, you have to use those noises. Can't say buzz. So what movie am I describing here? Number one. A family's first Airbnb experience goes very wrong. Uh, yes? I the do. Amityville Horror. Nope. Can't buzz it again now. You're out. A family's first Airbnb experience goes very wrong. Bzz, National Lampoon's Vacation. No. Ew. Remember, these aren't factually correct. These are people's ideas of what the film is. Home Alone? No. We'll give in. Okay, it's The Shining. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. good. Very good. So you get, you, get, you get the idea now, okay? Okay, number two. Paranoid billionaire afraid of immigrant. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Batman begins. <gasps> Close, but no. 
Batman Returns. No. Last chance, John. Dark Knight Rises? No, it's Batman versus Superman. Oh. As he comes into the city, doesn't he? Immigrant, you see. Oh, no points so far. Repressed that film. Okay. Uh, You won't get this one, but it's funny. Man-child learns to be adult. (laughs) Big. Nope. Is it every Robin Williams film ever made? close. It's every, but not Robin Williams. Uh, Every which way but loose. No, John's along the right lines. Just got to switch out the actor. Mm. You win? Yeah. Every Adam Sandler movie ever made. Ah, oh, I was thinking Big Daddy in then. Mm. Yeah. Okay, next one. A series of naps. <laughs> that was Andy first. Inception. Correct, we've got one point. <laughs> hey, bugger. Okay, you should get this one as well, if you listen carefully. Okay, number five. Small people with jaundice help clinically insane top hat kill children. <laughs> yes? Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory. Yes, very good. Why have they got jaundice? Because they're orange. The uh, are orange. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number six. Billions of dollars in subsidies for a potato farmer. Me. That was John, yeah. Is it the thing where Matt Damon goes to Mars? Yeah, what's it called? Oh, what's it called? The Martian. Yes, correct. I was going to go Field of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number seven. Public transportation running ahead of schedule for once. Me. Yeah. Speed. Correct. Uh, number eight. Friend zoned for three decades. Girl finally likes him, she dies. Me. Yeah. Forrest fucking gump. Yes, correct. <laughs> John's screaming ahead here. Number nine. Everyone dies. <laughs> yes. Oh no, it's only half of them. Avengers Infinity War. It's not necessarily factually correct, but that's their that's their view of it. I now understand the game. Me. Rogue one? No. Time's up. It's Les Miserables. Yeah. And finally, number 10, an alcoholic orphan and his boss burned down his family home. Um, bzz, Annie. No. I feel like I should know that. I would guess, but I'm, it's Go not right. Guess. Arthur? No. No, the best I've got is Batman Begins okay. again. No, the answer is Skyfall. Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you all did really well in that round. I think John got two, and he got one. Peter <laughs> failed miserably. <laughs> we were very enthusiastic about the round. But one of those I made up. Which one was it? I think it was uh, Speed, because that's the best one. <laughs> I think possibly The Martian. I think maybe Charlie Chocolate. And there's two extra points for this. And Andy's correct. I made up Willy Wonka. Which means we have a draw. Uh, but I don't have a tiebreaker, so... Arm wrestle? Fight. I won. Well done. Can we make some noises as if you're trying to do it? Fuck my finger. No, not your masturbation noises, John. <laughs> you like some noises on the... Uh. <laughs> I like that. That was good. And um, I regret letting you go before me. So I've got a normal buff or bluff of um three things uh two of which are real one is made up and it's just about famous actors and their film debuts which is probably something we've done two or three times before but it's all i've got so number one i love it when you build something up yeah i am (laughs) dripping with confidence yeah i'm just dripping kate blanchett made her film debut as american cheerleader in a 1990 egyptian boxing movie called caboria 
She was 18 years old. She was backpacking in Egypt and a fellow guest at a cheap hotel in Cairo happened to be a Scotsman who was a casting director for a local film and asked her if she wanted to be an extra. She thought she'd make some money to pay her rent for the next week. She was in three scenes and was so embarrassed by it that she never watched the film. Mm -hmm. Number two, Clint Eastwood's feature film debut came in Rebel Without a Cause in 1955. He was a gang member, simply credited as Goon, and he wore a leather jacket while hassling James Dean. Hmm. And number three, global treasure Tom Hanks made his debut in a 1980 Halloween ripoff called He Knows You're Alone. It's about a young woman being stalked by a killer the weekend before her wedding. Hanks played a student named Elliot who doesn't get killed because the director thought he was too likeable for that. Oh, I do remember the film. I remember it existing. I mean, would you remember it existing if it didn't have Tom Hanks in it? Well, I didn't remember it existing because of that. So, mm-hmm. yes, is the answer to that question. Clint Eastwood. I feel like it would be... I'm sure he appeared in something earlier than that. I mean, he was a TV actor, wasn't he? Yeah, but his first movie. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. So the Kate Blanchett one, there's a lot of backstory there, isn't there? Mm. Yep. Which suggests that it's either true or Andy has a side hustle writing Kate Blanchett fan fiction. I don't know which of those is more likely. Certainly it's easier to just make stuff up than research it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why quite often the ones with the longest backstory are the bluffs. What are you going for, Peter? I feel like we know the Clint Eastwood one. I'm going to go for that one. Clint Eastwood. So that's two Clint Eastwoods and a... I'm, I'm going to go for Clint Eastwood also. You're all correct. Clint Eastwood's first feature film role was actually, it was in 1955, but it was in Revenge of the Creature, the Mm -hmm. sequel to Creature from the Black Lagoon. He played lab technician Jennings, which I think we'll all agree Mm -hmm. is a very Clint Eastwood name. The individual who did play a gang member, credited as Goon, in their film debut in Rebel Without a Cause, was Dennis Hopper. Yes. Uh, Of course, Mm. yes. Mm -hmm. What's next, Peter? Me. Next is John. It's the farthing. We're going to continue with the nostalgia with computer games of the 1980s. Back in the day, particularly like in Europe, we had the Spectrum, the Commodore, uh, the the Amstrad CPC, the best of the 8-bit computers. (laughs) Sorry, I can't let that go unchallenged. (laughs) And there was a massive surge in homegrown computer software, some of which was based on popular TV series of the time. Here are three computer games... Two of which are real, mm-hmm. one of which I have completely made up. Okay. Number one, Benny Hill's Madcap Chase. You play Benny Hill. Your job is to steal some underwear off a clothing <laughs> oh, line God. and then run away whilst the lady chases you. If the lady catches you, she jumps up and down, squishing you to death, but you get to see her knickers. Do, do we get the music, the classic music? You do get the music, yes. Wow. Number two is The Bill. The bill has just like lots of badly drawn pictures of the characters with a little bit of speech, and then it switches to the main game, which is a bit like the Daily Thompson Decathlon running game. So basically, you just got to run as fast as you can at chasing a burglar, and when you get within a certain point, you can shoot them. Because that's what police work is all about. And yes. they had guns. Yeah. Finally, the archers. What? <laughs> Uh, So The Archers is a choose-your-own text-based adventure game where you get to choose the character's actions um, and there is a lovely metagame on top 
where if you make the wrong choices, the ratings of the show go down and you start getting berated by the producer. So the aim of the game is to keep the Archer's ratings as high as possible by bringing exciting storylines. Oh, so it's a writer's room simulation. Yes. Ooh. I don't know why I'm saying ooh. I don't, I don't want to play that. I want to say that one's the bluff, but I, it kind of, it's just too good not to be real. This is homegrown. This is like, mm-hmm. this is garage companies making software, isn't it, sir? Well, I mean, not licensed stuff, because you have to negotiate a license mm-hmm. for these things. And these were all negotiated with TV companies. So are these licensed or unlicensed? Licensed. Actually licensed. Oh, okay. Mm. I imagine the Benny Hill game as something a bit like Snake, where as you play, it gets longer and longer and longer, <laughs> with lots of more women chasing after you. <laughs> the hardest thing about this, actually, while you're thinking, is the number of bluffs that I came up with and then Googled, and they had actually... I was like, no one's going to make an Only Fools and Horses computer game. They did. Mm, yeah. I'm going to go with the one that seems most feasible, and I'm going to say it's the Benny Hill game. The Benny Hill, Benny Hill's Madcap Chase. Madcap Chase. It just sounds brilliant, and but I think that's the bluff. It doesn't sound brilliant. <laughs> I mean, you know, a brilliant concept for a terrible game. Visualise it in my head now, especially the knickers. And uh, <laughs> uh, at the end, but I think that might be, I might not have got the license for the music. I'm trying to imagine the 8-bit music. I'm going to go with that, even though it's probably real. I say Benny Hill. Thank you. Good night. I think the Benny Hill one is is the most John one there, so I might <laughs> yes. lean towards it. However, I think if if that game is real, then John almost certainly played it as a child and it had a, a really formative strong formative... Impact, exactly. Impact, yeah. So if we look at John now and just work shaped. backwards, we should be able to work out whether the game was real. <laughs> I'm going for the Archers one. Peter? Uh, I, I would have thought that you would probably have known this. Obviously. The stupidest sounds the bill, because first off, police workers are not chasing people down alleys. Yeah, because computer games are famously accurate, yes. accurate to the source material. This is true. Um, but also having them shoot the criminals. That was, yeah, I mean, that was just weird, even at the time of like... What is going on here? Now, is John playing a massively clever game where he's deliberately <laughs> put in a fact that he didn't have to add that sounds completely implausible <laughs> to make us believe, therefore, it must be true? That'd be too much effort. Is he that much of a criminal mm. mastermind? I, I think there's a suspicion that they just reskinned an American game and put some intertitles and stuff on it. Uh, that won't be true because it's a Spectrum game. Mm-hmm. Oh, it may have got the license at the last minute. There was something, yeah. Mm. Trying to convince you now, Peter. So maybe, maybe you're right. I'm going to pick that one. I'm going to pick the bell. So we've got one of each. So Andy's Archers, I'm uh, Benny Hill, and Peter is the bill. Peter is correct. (laughs) (laughs) And was that what you were doing? You deliberately added a fact to make it sound implausible. Wow. (laughs) Excellent. Well done. So the Benny Hill game's real. It is. Can we get a a ROM of it online? Oh, no. I mean, you can see a video of it here. There's Benny with his underwear. About to steal a bow off a washing line. When did this come out? Um, 80s, I think. Yes. Acceptable in the 80s to do that kind of thing. I'm not sure it's worse or better than Samantha Fox mm. strip poker no. <laughs> on the spectrum. The Archers, as one of us says, there was a Grange Hill game, um, which was similar. There was a Yes Prime Minister game, um, Adrian Mole. Mm. Uh, Jeffrey Archer's Not a Penny More, Not a Penny Less, the game. What? All surprisingly popular. So that's it for another episode of the Nerdfest podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, please come and find us online and leave a little token of your appreciation. And if you do that, we will respond in kind. And Peter, 
How will you do that? <laughs> That's a completely unfair thing to do to me. <laughs> I will come round to your house and I will riffle through your record collection and I will be seen to be putting a record on to play you a tune. Any particular song? My way, but in a weird, bizarre, harmonic minor key. Oh, that's a special treat. I'm guaranteeing that we're going to get no comments on this. (laughs) That should be safe. (laughs) If it helps, if anyone leaves us a five-star review, I'll leave them alone. (laughs) Okay, so um, that's the end of our show. You have been listening to... A man prefers pickled onions to glass ones. A man who hasn't watched a pop music show in years. A man who made his podcast debut in episode 35, Sex and Cookies. A man who is currently running away with a garbage just stolen for ladies washing line. <laughs> Bye. 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 Pops 1976 special. 1974, mate. 1974, was it? in my loft. I'll get it out for you. Socks. Yeah. Knitted yeah. leg warmers, mm. yeah. right? And she's got a knitted hot pants and then a, like a knitted bra kind of top with a stomach showing. And she's all blonde, a little bit chubby. So it's enormous. It's a 12-incher. Right? <laughs> 12-incher. Yeah. Fantastic. And they've got some really big hits on, but none of the original artists. <laughs> but they're quite good impressions, some of them. So yeah. have you actually ever played this record? Yeah, I used to play it a lot. I used to put the record on while I was <laughs> talking <laughs> in deep conversations with the... Uh, I called her Sarah. I thought it was oh. a real name. Yeah. She's probably dead now. <laughs> oh, very, very old. Right, don't mind that. <laughs> oh. Well, she's here yeah, now. But, but, uh, I'm sure her knitted hot pants survived. They might be right. I could wear yeah. them. Yeah.